Bet365 sponsors our podcast and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. The domestic season may be over, but we still have the closing stages of the Champions League and Europa League to play and Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Starcast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. Today it's a Champions League special. Three German coaches are in the semi-final of the competition. Is it just a random quirk or evidence of a specific managerial excellence made in Germany? Were Bayern really 8-2 brilliant against Barcelona or were Barca simply 2-8 bad? Will their high line be a high risk versus Man City slayers Leon? And what tactical tricks will Julian Nagelsmann get up to in the meeting with his former mentor? Christoph Biermann and I don't have all the answers, but maybe some. But before we start, here's your timely reminder that The Athletic is free for 30 days right now, bringing you the very best football writing around for the end of the season and the beginning of the next one. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash pod to sign up. Christoph, three German coaches left in the final four of the Champions League. Who's made the biggest impression on you so far? Hansi Flick, actually. Not, not because of the, the tournament, um, but in general. Uh, because, uh, I mean, we have dis uh, discussed it here before, but um, he has uh, impressively transformed Bayern Munich within this season from a... A team that well, looked a bit like um, heading in the wrong direction or uh, looked very much like heading in the wrong direction towards a team that is hugely impressive right now. So um, I would go for Hansi Flick. Yeah, well, Niko Kovac said um, famously that a car that can only do 100 kilometers an hour can't drive on the motorway with 200 miles an hour or kilometers. <laughs> And now um, it's 250. <laughs> yeah. Hansi Flick must be, um, must be very good at uh, jacking up engines. <laughs> Maybe he has something like this in his uh, home in Bamental, in, uh, where, where he's coming from, a village uh, close to, in, in the Hoffenheim area. Um, but but uh, famously, he didn't have a garage there, but... Uh, a shop for sportswear and uh, sports goods and uh, uh, no I think he is uh, he's he's just a uh, yeah he's a great coach obviously I mean I don't know how, how you felt about this but Bayern's dominance was so complete certainly after the first 20 minutes and Barca's collapse was so frightening that in the end it was almost difficult to evaluate the true performance level from Bayern? I mean, were they that amazingly good or did they just run into a Barcelona just, who were just abjectly poor? Um, 
and and I understand why a lot of people compare this to to the Brazil defeat by Germany in, in, in 2014 because there was a similar kind of dynamic. You just can't make out exactly what happened because your your brain isn't really able to register such a scoreline. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, 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 uh, this morning I read the uh, analysis of, of Michael Cox of, of the match and I, I think he made a very good point. He was saying um, that they, um, the first half was about um, footballing qualities, about um, better tactics and so on. And the, the second half was more about a team completely collapsing so more of a psychological uh, question about um, maybe team spirit uh, uh, things like that and um, and I think that's uh, that's pretty much true but you could see um, that Barcelona wasn't at all prepared to what uh, um, uh, what was uh, waiting for them in that match. And I found that surprising because normally, especially on this level of football, you think that everybody is extremely pe uh, prepared um, uh, what's what's coming from, from their opponents. And, um, and Bayern obviously was. They had a very good uh, plan. I mean, the plan they, uh, they are executing now for more than half a year maybe even a bit longer, started already in the first half of the season, especially with the uh, was changing to, to this extreme high press um, that um, is even kind of suffocating uh, their opponents. And, um, and Barcelona, I, I think they were like, oops, what's going to happen here? How can we deal with it? And then they were um, completely going down. And um, that was a bit of a surprise. So, um, so it's, it's a bit of, it's a bit of uh, both, actually. What, what do you think about Bayern's high line? I mean, without the high line, it's very difficult to press. It's very difficult to have the same spaces between midfield attack and defense uh, you you will stretch if you press really high at the same time Bayern did look a little bit vulnerable to balls over the top and against teams who will have more pace and I think Lyon would be uh, the perfect team for that with their counter-attacking prowess and then a possible final uh, against either PSG or Leipzig is that too risky a setup or will will they change what, what do you think um, I, I think they won't change, um, I, and I think I, I, um, you, in in every tactical concept you you, you have your downsides. So um, if you're, for example, uh, thinking about um, defending deeper, um, yes, it's 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 helping because there is less space uh, for for the opponent behind your defensive line. But on the other hand side, it's a kind of invitation of the opponent into your half and. Um, so and the way to to the other goal is much much longer yes there is a risk and and i absolutely agree with you when i um, when i was watching lyon i was thinking all the time ooh, 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 uh, that could uh, cause uh, bayern a lot of problems because i think they are executing their long ball game uh, very well um, not only because they have um, um, uh, fast strikers, but but also because um, the, a lot of these long balls uh, were, were um, hit very precisely. Um, so, and that I think is a 
is is actually a very good quality that the, uh, the team is having and and maybe it's uh, in the end the the big outsider of the tournament that leon is um possibly they are the more difficult opponent than uh, manchester city would have been mm. I, I mean i think the characteristics make make them difficult for for bayern if we remember that the only defeats under hansi flick have come against borussia mönchengladbach and Leverkusen back in December when they were both playing very good counter-attacking football and, and caught out caught out Bayern a couple of times. Uh, I remember especially Jerome Boateng really struggling to to track uh, those runners. In the return games, though, Bayern, Bayern dealt with them much, much better. Do you think, Christoph, before we move on to the other sides, that there is something in the way the Bayern team coach themselves and have these very high intrinsic levels of motivation that makes them so strong in this particular weird format of football with no fans, um, with with the extra kind of energy and maybe organization that uh, you need to provide yourself on the pitch. It was apparent, or it's it very telling for me to see them against Chelsea, just to hear the amount of communication, uh, the way that Müller demanded uh, the ball but also told everyone what to do um it was radio muller yeah, yeah. <laughs> radio muller it was just really um an, an ear and an eye opener for me mm. yes uh, but 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 i think um it has only partly to do with these uh, special circumstances we have right now um, I think you could could also see it uh, before um, before the uh, COVID uh, crisis that um, Bayern was was um, a very much together as a team uh, tactically, um, but but also on a on a mental or psychological side of the game, and uh, they were even um, impressive uh, then. But maybe yes, um, uh, maybe it has uh, the the new circumstances have even increased this aspect. And um, and you're right, it's everybody can hear everybody on the pitch, and and that's new because normally there are ten thousand people around and and shouting and um, screaming and and singing, and um, mostly you can only hear uh, your colleague on the pitch who is like ten meters from you or. And, and I think um, uh, some teams learn to adapt to this new circumstances very well. And uh, Bayern is among them. And especially <laughs> Thomas Müller, who is always happy to speak, um, is, is even more happy that he is not, has a chance to turn on Radio Müller for 90 minutes now. Yeah, well, that sound is inescapable at the moment. Um, it, it's Radio Müller, and of course he had a fantastic game against uh, Barcelona as well, leading the line, leading the press, um, and was so effective of really shaking up this Barcelona side. If anything, though, I must admit, I was perhaps even more impressed with how RB Leipzig played. Harry's sponsors Steilcast, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Jeff and Andy knew that there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And now, by taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. 
Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five blade brands. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. I've been lucky to receive a set recently and I must tell you, not only does it look very cool, it's also an incredibly pleasant way to deal with three months worth of quarantine stubble. Thumbs up from me. As a listener of Starcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. For £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash Stahlcast right now. That's harrys.com forward slash Stahlcast. I know it sounds strange. They could have lost. They only won to one. But I felt there was something about the... Uh, calmness and the quality of their build-up play the way that just kept the ball in midfield at times the personality that they showed i hadn't seen this from this leipzig team many times before and i didn't really expect it either were you as impressed as i was christoph what you can see is um that um and nagelsmann is um uh, tactically he is um extremely he's extremely good that was already in Hoffenheim, and I, I um, and I think he has developed it in in Leipzig with 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 better players. Um, is this kind of flexibility where you think, uh, yeah, what's what's the actual formation they're playing? Um, because uh, they are switching positions so much, but they don't do it in a um, chaotic way. They do it in a very planned way. And that leads to um, what 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 impressed you so much, because when you when you talk about the calmness, I mean, if you have a a complicated tactical setup where you as a let's say as a defensive midfield player in certain situations you have to go out to the to the wings or so, um, it can also be a burden because it's as uh, um, we have there are a lot of talks now about the overcomplication and overthinking of Pep. Guardiola, and um, and and maybe you could you could um, say the same about Julian Nagelsmann because uh, what what they are doing is complicated, by the, but they execute it in a in a um, almost simple looking way, and uh, and yes, that's uh, that's very impressive, and that has to do with how he is approaching training and um, how he is teaching football. That's very good. Yeah. Well, the big trick or the big innovation for this particular game was Conrad Leimer playing as a wingback in possession, being really high up the pitch, Leipzig moving into a back three, but then coming back into midfield and Angelino coming back to make it a back four. We've seen it done the other way around, that teams go into a back five from a back four when they don't have possession. But this way, I hadn't seen it. And I think what it did was really stretch Atletico when Leipzig had the ball, but also made sure that they had that extra midfielder in, in in that space before the back four when they weren't. But again, what impressed me most was something that actually Nagelsmann had told me, but I didn't quite believe it. Hmm. He said to me um, the week before that if Atletico were to press them high, his team would actually prefer that. 
that his team would be able to play through that quite easily. Well, it didn't say easily, but he said they'd be more comfortable than Atletico going into their deep block and and then Leipzig having to uh, you know play under pressure in the final third a lot more. But then still to see you know Kampel turn on the ball to see how they calmly played it out, how they had their little triangles going on all over the pitch. I mean, this was a kind of complete mature performance of a European side doing it when it really matters against one of the most difficult teams. And I, I just don't think Leipzig had performed at this level before in any competition. Yeah, and that that is something that um, I think you have to get, uh, give credit to to the uh, to the coach because um, if you manage that, you you manage your your team very well, and um, it, it still is 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 a very young team, and not not all the players are twenty any anymore, but in in general, it's it's a it's a very young team, and you you could probably expect them to. Choke a bit under 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 the pressure of the the big occasion, but um, but they didn't. But 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 I think football teams or football players are always happy if they have the feeling of being well prepared. I mean, uh, what we what we have talking about Barcelona, they weren't well prepared, obviously, but. Um, all the um, Nagelsmann teams are always very well prepared and I think that makes him uh, a very good coach and that he gives him uh, gives his players um, uh, things to do that they are able to do and even if they are complicated um, uh, like the tactical setup you were you were talking about um, uh, he knows that they are able to do it, and um, I mean, I, I, I had the chance. That's uh, I think two and a half years ago. I, I had the chance to to follow uh, Nagelsmann through a week um, uh, how he prepares the team, more or less from the outside, so not within uh, uh, team talks and and so on. But you could see on the training pitch, and, and that has been described um, several times, that he is doing very, very complicated things. So um, his practice practices are very often like uh, 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 over burdening uh, the players but but they are constructed in a way um, that they um, they prepare the players for for a certain game for certain patterns and how, how to play and in that respect um, he he is an excellent coach but on the other hand side I think he, he has the ability to uh, to be a good, very good man manager, like uh, what what we are talking about when we talk about Jupp Heynckes or Hansi Flick, or so so people who have the feeling how to deal with the players, how to to uh, make them feel comfortable on the one hand side, but also to to have them always sharp um, and in form and mentally prepared. So yeah, there is a um, it's it's a it's a huge package. Um, Nagelsmann is 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 bringing. In. And how old is he? 33. It's unbelievable. Yeah, certainly is. Um, what, what do you make of the fitness levels of the two Bundesliga sides? Could just be coincidence that they are naturally fit teams, but they looked a lot sharper and a lot stronger and a lot more at it than their opponents, especially as the games 
went by. Do you think there was something in the way that the Bundesliga came back early, then had a little break, then went into preseason, that maybe puts them in a, in a better space, also physically for this mini tournament? Yeah, probably the same is true for for the two French teams uh, because they also, I mean, they abandoned uh, their season very early. You could see it as a disadvantage because they didn't have, um, apart from from cup finals, they didn't have um, a, a serious preparation and they hadn't been playing decent matches for almost half a year. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, they s seem to be prepared and, and uh, that what it's a bit that I was guessing before the start of the tournament, especially uh, after talking to, to Holger Broich, the fitness guru at Bayern Munich, um, that they had the feeling that it was a complete uh, um, a rhythm that was good for them, having a season, f finish the Bundesliga season, have a short break, then prepare for the tournament and um, afterwards having a short break again and then prepare for the next season. So uh, obviously um, it turns out to, to, to be an uh, advantage, but, but on the other hand side, uh, we must say that um, Manchester City, for example, was uh, absolutely unlucky um, against Lyon, although probably not, nobody wants to, to hear that right now. Yeah, they were they were unlucky, but they also I think made it difficult for themselves to a certain extent. <laughs> of course, um, yes. <laughs> which is perhaps more than more than bad luck. Okay, I mean one more coach we will claim uh, for the purposes of this pod is Thomas Tuchel uh, from PSG uh, in his first semi final in PSG's first semi final since 1995. And, of course, the coach who, when he was the youth coach at the second team of Augsburg, <laughs> gave this young kid who was always injured a job to scout the opposition and see maybe if he could do something else because it was clear that he was probably not going to make it as a player due to his persistent injury problems. Uh, that player was Julian Nagelsmann. And uh, 12, 13 years later, they meet in the semi-final of the Champions League. Hi there, I'm David Ornstein and I've launched a brand new show on YouTube, Ask Ornstein, where I answer questions from our athletic subscribers. To get your question answered, simply leave a comment at the bottom of my column every Monday and I'll choose my favourites. To watch the show, head over to the TIFO Podcast YouTube channel and a new episode will be up every Tuesday afternoon. Is this the big moment for Thomas Tuchel? Um, um, I would guess so. And um, and when we're talking about the qualities of, of, of the coaches of Nagelsmann and Flick, and I, th I think we have to talk also about Tuchel's ability uh, to survive a madhouse. I mean, um, it, it's um, it's I think it's so difficult to to be the coach or to be the manager at PSG uh, to get along. Um, uh, well with a, a guy like Neymar who is always like um, on the borderline of uh, b between different worlds or so who is sometimes a fantastic player and in the next second you think oh, Jesus what's what's wrong with you and and, and I think he has um, in a way um, he, he has um, he was successful in in, in, in showing him at least in general uh, 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 a direction 
um, where we, we could see see some of his best. Um, I think it's uh, so. It's I think it's a very complicated club. He is also in, in, uh, under constant pressure from outside because everybody is not satisfied that they haven't won the Champions League so far. Blah blah blah. And uh, and I think here his quality as some some uh, somebody who is uh, holding this together, you you can't even underestimate it. Yeah, Thomas Tuchel, the Neymar whisperer. Um, very impressive indeed. Tactically, how do you see this game going? I mean, there is, as you said earlier, so much flexibility on, on both sides. They could play very different systems. They can adapt to the opposition uh, or not. Um, they can change it halfway through. I mean, how... If you're Nagelsmann, how do you prepare for a game? And then the same, the same goes if you're if you're Thomas Tuchel. So as I haven't been looking through hundreds of videos of of both teams, <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I don't, wouldn't want to 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 act here like the uh, um, uh, uh, game analytic or so. But I think there's one one aspect is. Um, uh, so the, obviously, it's so obviously that the main threat um, uh, from PSG comes from Neymar and Mbappé, and uh, and I think most of the thinking is uh, will be about how to to stop them or how to stop the um, that they are will be provided with enough um, uh, balls and. And I think that's extremely um, difficult because um, I think in the end these two guys um, uh, decide the outcome of, of the match because um, their quality is way above um, everybody else in the um, opposing team. And um, and I think they can, can even uh, go towards the end, towards uh, winning uh, the, the Champions League. Um, but, but on the other hand side, it's, it's um, always uh, slightly vulnerable. And I think uh, Julian Nagelsmann will um, uh, put a lot of energy in uh, getting a plan so that we uh, see the vulnerability. So, um, but how he does it? I don't know, um, and I'm, I'm, but, but I'm looking forward to um, to find out. Mm. Do, you, do you think he will try to catch them out a little bit on the break, uh, the way he played against Bayern, which was based more on transition football, but but uh, there was Timo Werner on the pitch. They don't have that type of strike at the moment. Uh, maybe they will put Lukman on, but uh, he's not the quality of Timo Werner, unfortunately. Or... Will he try to get into PSG's players' heads by keeping the ball off them and do something that they're just not used to, which is to make them chase, to make them defend, to push them back and maybe you know, sort of get them thinking, oh, you know, what's going on here? We, we, we don't know how to react without the ball. That's not our game. Mm. I think the second is 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 true, um, because also I think you you, you don't want to invite um, uh, players like Neymar and Mbappe too much into your half, and uh, so so if you, if you have a chance to um, uh, to to attack them early on, so that they don't get that often um, uh, into your half, um, I, I think they will going for that option. Um, but uh, this will be very, very difficult. I think it will be. Before I let you go, Christoph, um, I have one more question for you. We have three German coaches in the final four. 
this is a cup competition that throws up lots of re- random results and then we look for patterns afterwards. But <laughs> can we read anything into the fact that these three German coaches have made it this far? And, and three German coaches who have really come through without being big names, I think, to a certain extent. I mean, certainly uh, Thomas Tuchel and Nagelsmann got their breaks very young, um, having not made it as professional players. Hansi Flick became the Bayern coach. I don't want to say by accident, but um, really as as the assistant and the, the possible caretaker for Bayern with very limited experience at this level as well. Um, what is it about German coaching that seems to be very successful in 2020? Um, I wouldn't say it's it's so much about the coaching. It, it's it's more of um, how are uh, how clubs are approaching the idea of what they want to see from a coach. So um, uh, I mean, uh, it was Tuchel famously who, who was um, kind of changing it, but it wasn't Tuchel. It it was um, um, it was Christian Heidel, the the uh, technical director or sports director of Mainz uh, at that time, who made him from a under nineteen coach who had never coached a. A, pro, uh, a, 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 a team of grown-ups uh, before made him instantly to the um, uh, uh, Bundesliga coach at Mainz and then he was uh, an immediate success and um, uh, at Mainz and later on at Dortmund and so on. And I think his example changed very much how how we look at um, at coaches in Germany. So th- that they don't necessarily need to have a, a pedigree. I mean, Hansi Flick has a pedigree because he he was a Bayern player um, many years ago and won I think four German championship with them. But um, so so I but think more on the fringes of the team. Obviously, yes, you're right. So he was not a key player at that time. But, I, but, but, but in general, I think technical director, sports director are much more open to, to look at what coach has to offer to, to the uh, team and to the club and not so much what his um, uh, what he had he had done before uh, how big his name is and and so on and um, I think it, it also um, it also went wrong several times with, with with different clubs but but in general um, uh, the the uh, how you look at a um, at a coach for your first team in professional football and that goes also for the second division and third division has completely changed in Germany and I think it's a very good development. I agree with you. So how will this uh, meeting of the former youth coaches go do you think and will we see Bayern in the final as well? Um, I, th- I think we, we, we see Bayern in the final uh, playing PSG. So um, I think in the end, the quality that um, Bayern has and the quality that PSG has uh, with all the aspect of randomness and with all the uh, a lot of clever uh, tactical thinking, I think that uh, both teams are the favorites and I think they will go through. But who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's difficult to disagree, but I just have a slight sense that Leipzig could do it once more and upset the odds. But we will see. We will catch up uh, with each other, hopefully if you have time, Christoph, before the final to discuss at least one German coach making it, that is guaranteed, Mm -hmm. and see what it says about the Bundesliga and everything else. Thank you 
uh, Christoph, for being part of this. Thank you, listener, for tuning in. And make sure to catch up with us very soon again. Bye-bye. Thank you.